All hail, internets. Welcome to Castle Black, the blackest Game of Thrones podcast in all of the realms. Welcome to tonight's episode where we talk Eastwatch. What up, internets? This is Tatiana King-Jones, first of her name, here back in the Castle of Black. Castle Black along with... This is your boy, DJ Ben Amin, a boy with no shame. And I'm also here with... It is your friendly neighborhood deadly diva, a.k.a. the most dangerous woman in Dorne, a.k.a. I drink and know things, a.k.a. Fifty Shades of Grayscale. Wow. (laughs) That's good. I was keeping it easy on the AKAs. I wasn't even trying, and she, like, blew us out the water immediately. (laughs) Jakaris! Like, get it! Damn. I mean, speaking of getting blown out the water, you know, and this is Eastwatch (laughs) right away. This episode kind of started with me being blown out of reality, um, because I've accepted the Game of Thrones is moving into the, like, power and Legends of Tomorrow stage of its show. Cause it's just so ridiculous, and um, yeah, okay, J- Jamie, you know, yeah, yeah, survives. So we knew that he was surviving. Ron we knew is that. Magic. We knew he was surviving. <laughs> if we, if we, and if you guys haven't heard the previous episode, please take a listen to that because at the end of that previous episode, towards the end, Ben Ami made a point that, and we all did, considering Jamie is wearing this really heavy armor, there's no way he can swim himself up out of that moat or whatever he fell into. But this episode shows Braun miraculously lifted him up like Jesus Christ out of the water. So one, how? <laughs> how? <laughs> is Braun really that strong? Is Jamie's armor not that heavy? Are we are we just reading too much into things and it doesn't matter? Like I don't get it. Uh, <coughs> I just want to know. know. Yeah. I just want to know how they got so far away from everybody where the flames and the smoke are in the distance. Jamie sunk down. Like, he was at Bikini Bottom. Like, how did they end up all the way up? And like you said, just away from all that stuff. I don't get it. (laughs) Like, Drogon wasn't hungry. He didn't feel like fishing for men. Like, what is the problem? Like, how did they get so far? And how did Daenerys get back to where she was... Okay, see, all week I've been sitting around thinking, how is Jamie going to survive this? And I figured, okay, you know, and then I read articles and stuff, and they were talking about Tyrion doesn't have time to run down there and be like, yo, have Drogon fl- fish him out. Tyrion, Dro- really? Yeah, that's, I mean, he can't run, you know, I mean, no shots, but he's not running that fast. But even if he and- made it, Tyrion does not have the strength by himself to lift no, up No, 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 to tell Daenerys, yo, get Drogon to, you know, get him out of the water, that's my brother. But he doesn't have time for all that. So that's not going to happen. You don't so, think Daenerys knew who the hell she was doing that to? You don't <laughs> think Drogon knew who the hell that was? I don't, give, think, give them, I don't think either of them care. And so, um, you know, it's just like, no, maybe they didn't have a, he doesn't have enough time for that, whatever. So, like I said, this show just went into Legends of Tomorrow power territory. They're just like, fuck it. You know? Right. So then, obviously, <laughs> as the, once once Jamie's free, interesting conversation takes place with him, him and Bron. Basically, Bron is saying, "You out there getting yourself killed." Like this, you made a good point uh, last week, Diva, concerning Jamie and the fact that he's tired. Like he's been through so much. He's seen everything. He he. Even though Cersei is talking at Yaya at the same time, he's pushing forward. And t- in Bron's view, is basically like he's almost committing suicide. Like he's just running into the fire without any thought of. And in his life. <laughs> speaking, of run, speaking of running into the fire. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Oh, God. Oh, Without God. any thought for their lives. Um, yes, yes, folks. Also, 
uh, in this episode. You know, after this fateful conversation and prophetic conversation with uh, Bron and Jamie, we have, you know, Daenerys laying down the law and saying, basically, you know, either get down or lay down, you know, in the story. And I actually respect her for that. I know some people, like, Tyrion was looking at her sideways, like, you're a monster. <laughs> like, I just, I really didn't have no problem with her doing it because she has to, whether it's heirs or not, she has to appear uh, fierce. She has to appear authoritative. She has I mean, she has a Dothraki at her back. She, regardless of whether or not this is, I really do think that she genuinely feels this way, but even if she didn't, she has to have that commanding presence. Like, the only person that's ever sassed her was Jon Snow when she said bend the knee. Only He's the only one who sassed her and got away with it. Ain't nobody else going to sass her. She's going to be like, look, you're going to bend the knee or not. Lay down or get down, right? And what happened? Uh, flame on, dick on. <laughs> <laughs> and unlike the human torch, dick on doesn't survive, yo. I mean, that was straight up and down horrific, though. And no, I, I disagree, Tatiana. Like, I've been saying for a long time, I am worried about Daenerys. And Daenerys is exhibiting more and more of that Mad King style. Sure, them dudes didn't get down right mm -hmm. then, you know, but they don't have to lay down right then, like Tyrion said. Yeah. Yo, okay, hold on, hold on. Hold on. My guy, a whole ass dragon. Okay, hold in on. In the sunset, light glistening off of his scales. <laughs> no, 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 oh, no, uh, 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 uh. no, 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 no. I, I have to respectfully disagree because here's the thing: Danny's been trying this whole peaceful monarch bullshit since she arrived. And it's not working. At some point, you have to follow through on the threat. Okay. I'm okay. like, that's the thing. I was like, Randall Tarly had a choice. Just like he had a goddamn choice when he betrayed Elena Tyrell. He had a choice. He could have bent the knee and perhaps, you know, did some like duplicitous shit that Lannisters love to do and like taking mm -hmm. Daenerys down from within. But he decided to be a hard ass. <laughs> and be like, no, I'm not gonna bend the knee to some foreign queen. I was like, she was born on Dragonstone, you simple bitch. She's not foreign. Y'all forced right. her out. She ran for her life. That doesn't make her foreign. And yeah, so that, I, that, I think that, she that part of his argument was foolish. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that part of his argument at all. And I do understand what y'all. They don't saying. know. They don't know. Don't they? Don't they? They don't know her history. Isn't that why they keep talking like that? Saying, oh, you're not. No, you're foreign, you're foreign? Or, no, no. So they, they know they who the hell she is. Uh, because they're just idiots, I guess. They're just disrespectful really? Everybody idiots, knows? yeah. But every last person saying, well, not every last person, not but, every, but everyone yeah, see, who mentions thing. it, which not has been at least five though. people. People know that she's the daughter of the Mad King and that they're, you know, the Mad King was killed and they ran away. Like, people know that. And people know that the Targaryens have a history of burning people up with dragons and wow. that, you know, these people are nuts. So, okay, no, they but, all know these things. But Danny wasn't nuts, so she gave you a clear choice. Aries yes. didn't give you a choice. He brought you there, and he just set you ablaze. That's yep. why I don't feel no shame or know nothing about Daenerys doing what she did. I'm like, well, you should listen to her. Like, I mean, what else? She, it's a dragon, my nigga. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> like, just, Randall, Randall gambled with his life, and he lost. That's just the black bottom line. Like, he thought she was bluffing. Like, she wouldn't set him afire because, you know, he's noble. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, and you lost. You're like, oh, you think that she won't completely decimate your house? That's what you just did to the Tyrells. Well. Like, sh like shut the fuck up, dude. Like, you did that to yourself. You ended House Tarly on your own. Yeah, it took his son. Well, I mean, you know, well, Sam was still out there. Yeah, Sam was still out there, li you know, living yeah. and breathing. Sam so. can't, he can no longer hold any titles or father any children. He oh, because he black. took the black? He, I'm like, oh. so he can't, mm. Sam's no longer a factor in House Tarly. 
He's well, a non-factor. Is that what you say? He's a non-factor. That, that wheel that they used to roll is trying to change in these days. So who knows what's going to happen? You know, Jon Snow can end up being king of the north. I'm sure Sam Well can find a way to become, you know, something in this. But Jon had to die to become king of the north. Because well, if the Night's Watch hadn't betrayed him and he hadn't died, <laughs> that's how his watch ended. I was like, remember the oath. Like, well, you're, you're that until you die. He died. And when he came back to life, he was like, fuck y'all, because technically I'm di- I died. So I've done my part. I've served my nickel. I'm leaving now. Well, you know, Samuel might have to die for him to become something. Oh, but, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot, of people this, oh, a lot of people on this show have. But, yeah, I mean, this show, as always, this, uh, this whole season has been so crazy. It's been so action-packed. And just so much happening. This episode wasn't, you know, as action-packed as last episode, of course. But just, like, there was a lot of big moments. And, you know, you had Jamie revealing to Cersei that, you know, uh, Elena, Elena, you know, basically murdered Joffrey. And And as y'all said. As Diva called it, really. She was like, ain't nothing going to change. He looking at her like, (laughs) and I still hate that motherfucker Tyrion. (laughs) <laughs> everybody's still gonna die like like literally she you know she smoked the blunt like nothing changed for her <laughs> i mean i had to say though her, her telling jamie that a soldier should know his role basically was one of the i mean just most cold-blooded she, cersei hit him with that rock uh line you know oh, <laughs> know your role oh, your jabroni and shut your mouth like jesus <laughs> like man so I mean, there's a, you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes movements, a lot of in front of the scenes movements. Another thing that I, I thought was just so sick in this episode was, um, damn it, I'm just losing it. Jon Snow meeting the dragon. I feel like the dragon really, you know, saw his own kind right there. Like, okay, you know yeah. he did. And the dragon was sniffing like, I'm not going to liken a dragon to a dog, but that's the only animal I could think of right now. <laughs> you could say lion, whatever. Any Any animal that it could sniff out a very specific scent of certain people. It recognizes people based on that scent. That's that when, when Drogon did that, oh, this is familiar. I think I trust you. So I was like, okay, here we go. This is going to be the beginning of the, the tie-in to the whole Targaryen bloodline situation. Was it? And you also also have to remember too, that there's, um, oh gosh, I can't remember what season it was, but um, in the books, it's in a clash of Kings where um, Danny's in the house of the undying and she's having all of these visions. Mm. And she has a vision of her brother Rhaegar with Elia Martell. And this is when um, his second son is born, um, Aegon. And Rhaegar says he has a song. He is the prince that was promised. His is the song of ice and fire. There must be one more. The dragon has three heads. Mm. So amongst book readers and, and and some show watchers, you know, there's this constant, you know, revolving door of who these three heads are. Obviously, Danny is one. Right. You mm-hmm. know, um, John at this point is is pretty much another because we know that John is the son of Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark. And now it's, you know, who is this third one? And there are rumors about it being Tyrion. It's rumors about yep. it being mm. like somebody else. Um, so the dragons have, ever been sniffing on Tyrion like that? Yes, because remember when they were yep. still when they were still in Essos, um, in the mm-hmm. fighting pits, and Tyrion goes down there when Danny's gone, um, and I can't remember. It's either I can't remember whether it was um Viserion or Rhaegal who comes up to him, and Tyrion's kind of 
shook the way that John is. Right. The dragon sniffs and then turns away. Oh. That's mm-hmm. interesting that you yeah, because out. the 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 book rumor is because Aries was such a douchebag, he was always hitting on um Tywin's wife, Joanna. Okay. And always joking that he as the king could take his rights at um his first night rights. So there are um theories that Tyrion may actually be the son of um the Mad King as opposed to Tywin because Shit. because in the book his eyes are his hair is lighter than a Lannister's should be. Like, mm. it's not like that golden blonde is almost like a silvery blonde in the books. Like, it's lighter. Like like Daenerys's? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Like, the, the, color, the coloring of his eyes is also kind of Targaryen-like, yep. or it gives Targaryen implications, which is why a lot of people think that Tyrion may be that the third head of the dragon. So this is a real-ass Mori situation right now. That's yes. what you're telling me. <laughs> and all the daddies are dead, so this is going to be fun. Bran needs to have more visions. Wow. Ain't no DNA testing. And all right, we had to step ahead a little bit because I, I got to ask you a question, Diva, because it also relates to that. Samuel, you know, while he's streaming on his woman in this episode. That was all, my all, moment. All, all, also misses what might be a real pertinent bit of information because she's dropping knowledge on him. Yeah. And she says something about one of the Targaryen kings, I'm thinking Aegon, arranging a marriage in Dorne. Oh, no, 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 no. What she said was she asked about, she asked what an annulment was. Yes, and, and what's the, what was the annulment? Was. Yep. And she she basically reads that Rhaegar had his first wife set, she couldn't pronounce Rhaegar, but had his wife set aside and mm-hmm. he got married in secret in Dorne right afterwards. And if the Rhaegar they're talking about is our Rhaegar, mm-hmm. John's daddy, then this basically legitimizes Jon Snow because at this point, mm. Rhaegar and Lyanna were actually married and the maesters wow. likely have proof of it. Because wow. my concern about R plus L equals J being shown to Bran and nobody else was how do we corroborate it? Because yep. who the hell's right. gonna who's gonna believe that, you know, the 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 visions of a crippled teenager? Yep. So you need wow. somebody to corroborate it. So if the maesters have proof that Rhaegar married Lyanna, then that legitimizes John. Wow. So I knew that was some huge, you know, ish right there that he was just streaming on her and missing. But, <laughs> you know, there was a couple of things like that in this episode. We'll get to it later. But then there's also the return of everybody's favorite, you know, secondhand, you know, eternal friend zone. Mr. Jorah, like Jorah Mormont steps back on the scene. Yeah, and yeah, I just gotta say this. My man's theme song should straight up be Moonlight because you know he's stuck in La La Land. Every whenever he's winning, he stay losing. Like he just can't get a win. You know, my man steps up. Oh, Jorah, you're back. You know, the Dragon Queen's happy. And then in comes Jon Snow, and she is giving him them googly. Googly she eyes. She gave him the, the, the fuck me eyes for sure. No, they was giving each other I, the fuck me yo, eyes. Okay? It was so much. I want to fuck this episode that it was. Okay, I, know, I know not. Divas hurt. No, no more. No more. Uh, look, we're just sh- telling people what what is obvious on the screen. You can't tell me that that sexual connection is not being sh- like spewing on a screen. You can't say that. I, I don't see care. No- the I see is- nothing. I see nothing but i have questions about jorah's grayscale that no one wants to answer for me and i'm yeah you, you want to talk about it you know is his peen clean but you want to talk about whether or not you know that this sister want this this aunt wants to you know get it on like oh they've already established God. incest on this show 
These things are already part of the show. The Targaryens get down like this. But listen, doesn't Danny look at Jorah as kind of a father figure? She's never had this. Nah, she's never feeling Jorah. She's never felt him the way, like, like he obviously loves her in love, whatever you want to say, but... I've always, I didn't know whether that was just from a fully functional protective standpoint or if it was something more. I never saw it as a kind of sexual type of thing, but you're saying otherwise, Ben, I mean. Oh, with Jorah? I, yeah. I don't know. I've always felt that Jorah really loves, you know, would love to well, be the man in her life. But love versus just wanting to have sex with somebody. Like, I don't, I've never saw that connection between them like that. Okay, no, I don't feel like it's just wanting to have sex with her. I think Jorah wants to be the king to her queen. Like, I think he wants to be, mm. you know, uh, your mother, your father, your everything. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No, but here's, the, oh God. No, but here's, here's where it gets kind of. He's singing Kiss to a Rose to her. <laughs> yeah. No, but in the books, hold on. But in the books, like, the Jorah we have on screen is a handsome man. Like, <laughs> oh, no, okay. let's let's call a spade yeah. a spade. He's a handsome yep. older gentleman. You call him a zaddy. I wouldn't go that far. Not that far. <laughs> but in the books, he's not as attractive. Like he's, oh. he's still as tall, but like he's a bit round in the belly, a bit baldish, not as distinguished looking. Yep. So while he may while he may look at Daenerys, you know, in that loving way, like a teenage Daenerys isn't looking at him that way because nah. dude, you're just not attractive. You're an, you're an older like big brother uncle type figure. He could be her father, pretty much. Yes, yeah. Even on the show, he could easily be her father. So no, yeah. she, she's definitely not. But like I say, I think the drawer is much more than just I want to protect you. Because when Dario, Dario, whatever Darius ran up, Dario. yeah, yeah, he was not <laughs> feeling from him. Street Fighter. Yeah, <laughs> you know when Jon Snow comes up, he's definitely not feeling that. But, you know, his theme song is Moonlight. Like, he cannot win. Like, it's just straight losses every time for him. Because he comes back to all this great acclaim and then, you know, womp, 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 womp. Well, for, for the record, he, he what, he he put himself in? He he said, you know, he contributed as a tribute? Was it like, he put himself in that predicament. He No one told him he had to do anything. I mean, that's but that is what his duty. He's an honorable man. You know, he is a good all man. Right. You know, so that's so you what put yourself doing. in the friend zone. You put oh, yourself. He in wasn't all that honorable. Cut, cut the shit. He was not Ooh. all that honorable. Oh, true indeed. True not indeed. at first. Not at first. Not man. at first. Like he had to like re-earn his place because he was a douchebag and a half. Remember, he was spying for Varys yeah. and Robert Baratheon when we met him. Yes, this true. is true. But you know, that was also because he was trying to redeem himself. You know, it's like people on the show, like everyone, like somebody said it on Twitter best, like. This show has got us rooting for a man who pushed a child out of a window. Ugh. You know, you got to you got to remember that. Like, mm -hmm. this, you know, this show is not about good people. You know, no, and, I've, and I've always said that, too. That's why I've never really disagreed with Cersei until she did that shit to the Dorns. Because that was just like, God damn, girl. Like, that's Oh, you rough. mean the, the the mother and the daughter? Yeah, oh, ooh, that was ugly. You know, like everything else. Okay, blow up the scepter, whatever. That was awesome. She, she like, firmly believes in revenge. Yeah, firmly. And everyone on the show does, though. That's their problem. That's the biggest problem with these people on the show. Everyone firmly believes in revenge. Like, oh, my God. This is too much. Um, We also had, you know, the moment I think most people have been waiting all season for. Finally, we get to see the White Walkers again. And, you know, the glorious army as Bran wargs up, you know, gets in some ravens, sends them over, and, you know, gets a glimpse of what's coming in. Problems. That was horrifying. Like, <laughs> I legit, yeah. I legitimately was like, we are back in The Walking Dead. Like, mm. 
And it, it, you know them scenes in The Walking Dead where it'd be the hordes that'd be showing up and, and, and mm-hmm. they always got these crazy ideas about using these hordes. That's all I kept thinking about. And then when these motherfuckers said, yo, we gotta go get one as proof. I was like, why is like, did Rick jump up in your group and is giving you these bad ideas? Like, I, I just thought that was a dumb idea. I get why, but I think it's a dumb idea. Yeah, I... I, I, I... That that whole plan is terrible. Like that's I don't know. Yeah, that's plan. a terrible Listen, ass plan. I've like, I've seen Train to Busan. It never works well. Like mm. I, you put one of these little undead zombie type things in your presence, and then all of a sudden everybody's infected. Yep. Why not just end the, why not just end the show now if you're gonna do this? And I, it's like when you know there's dragons out there. You know you can't convince somebody that there's White Walkers as well. It's like neither of these things have existed in hundreds of years, but now people have definite proof that dragons are flying around. So why are people so reluctant to believe one over the other? That that seems kind of silly to me at this it point. It does, but what's the difference for people like around here? People who believe in aliens but not believe in vampires. Like people who claim they've seen, you know, thousands of people who claim they've seen aliens, they've seen aliens. Do you believe them? I mean, more people believe in Jesus and, you know, don't believe in aliens. So, yeah, I mean, people will believe in I, things, I understand so. why people are not believing in whether or not the dragon exists or not. To, you know, whether they've seen it or not, that's not the point. It's just something that they have not, there's no conviction behind it. So they don't understand. So they believe by bringing proof of an actual White Walker in whomever's presence that that's going to change minds. That's going to get people on their side. <laughs> I mean, just when you say it, it's like worst plan ever. You know like it saying? sounds stupid to me. And then John was like, "Yeah, me and like these seven, mo- like like, yeah, like no, all seven of y'all, like okay." Seven. He starts out with like four, and one of them can't fight. Like, you know, like no. Wait a minute, but Davos is really quick to tell them, "I don't fight." I run. <laughs> He's like, when the shit goes down, I'm letting you know that I'm running. Because what did his daddy tell him? Some shit like, it's better to be like a coward for a minute than dead for a lifetime. Dead forever, mm. yeah. Davos had so many great ones this episode. He's turning into Tyrion of the show where they're just giving him all the great lines. Absolutely. So many. But yeah, I, I think it was just a very terrible plan from the get-go. You know, it definitely had its moments leading towards the end of the show but overall like that was just the worst idea so far and Jon Snow has usually not had bad ideas so you sure about mm-hmm. that Jon <laughs> some people uh, disagree heavily with you I mean, his ideas got him killed see that well, well I, that's the same thing I say about Ned his ideas got him killed but Ned is, and Jon to me are the least idiotic of the, the Stark, Starks no the Stark men Oh, okay. Well, yeah, the Stark men. They, you know, let's be clear here, because Rob. So you Stark, think Bran is idiotic too? Oh, hmm. you forgot about him. <laughs> He's not even yeah, Bran. No, how about this? He's not even Bran no more. Okay. <laughs> he established that last episode. I yeah. am not the one. <laughs> so, oh, don't even call me Bran no more. I'm black Israelite. So <laughs> no, I wouldn't even. I'm like, done. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. I would say by him not being one of the no, but even then, even his Stark heritage shows through in his idiocy because he could have solved a lot of things, you know, by now. Brand knows way too much that he's not telling people, so that that could have solved a lot of problems by now. So no, I will rate Brand as pretty dumb in the Stark <laughs> heritage of men being idiots. Sansa, you look beautiful in your white dress that evening. What? <laughs> <laughs> 
idiot. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, you're right. You're so right. Jon Snow is definitely not the dumbest of the living Starks anymore. Listen, you know? no, listen. No. Regardless yeah. of who's dumb or not, I, I, you know, all, all, all subjective. But are we at the point now where in we're in Winterfell and uh, Arya's running around like Solid Snake? Yo. <laughs> Arya is on, on some straight. Uh, I know what you did last summer in this episode. <laughs> Every time Littlefinger looks up, there's Arya. Like <laughs> she reminded me of like you play Super Mario, where the ghosts like if you got your back turned, the ghosts come closer. Yeah, as soon as you turn around, you don't see that motherfucker not there no more. Like I'm telling you, like but see, it, it also bothered me because. It made me think, wait, just how badass is she? Like, because the way the the show constantly writes her, like, she on level 99. But then to this episode, it's like, oh, yeah, she on level 99, but Littlefinger on 150. Like, how? Mm, yeah. how? Because, because Littlefinger has at least twice the lifespan that she's had. Littlefinger yeah. was up in the shadows. Like, he was like a shadow clone. Like, he was, like, melted into the wall. And he came out like, how I do you see think, you? Like, what? I think Littlefinger has lived so long doing the treacherous shit that he has done. He may he may not be a trained assassin like Arya, but he knows how to get in and out of places without being seen unless he wants to be seen, which is why I'm a little bit concerned because Arya and Sansa have always had like this bit of, I'm not going to call it a rivalry, but they've always kind of rubbed each other the wrong way simply because like they're two different types of girls. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I will say just to, just to put some detail on the reason why we're talking about all the sneaking around, so Arya saw... Uh, Littlefinger talking to his versions of his little birds, probably getting some information about stuff going on in Winterfell or stuff he was looking for. And I believe it was the maester that actually gave him this sheet of paper and said that this was the only copy in all of Winterfell. And what we saw, what we thought we saw was Littlefinger taking that piece of the paper and uh, discreetly hiding it into his room, locking the door, walking away. We get Arya solid sneaking her way up, pick, you know, doing a hell of a lockpick job like that shit wasn't even there get into the room finding the paper and then we read the paper let me tell you when i paused that screenshot and was just squinting trying to read that whole thing what exactly did that paper say when i looked at it the second time it looked like it was it was meant to be something old or something about or something perhaps, mm-hmm. right um um was it um fealty to joffrey baratheon so something that Sansa would have allegedly done earlier in the story. Right. So it was something she wrote, right? Because it was, because I believe she was. uh... Yeah. What was it? We all know that the Maesters write all of the notes, but it looks like something that at this point that Uh, Littlefinger is setting up. I know exactly what it is now. Because I I had to pause it myself and read it. But it's what, it's what Sansa was told to write to uh, Jon Snow. I mean, to Rob Stark when Ned was killed. Okay, it that's says, what I thought. Because it says that it says somebody was uh, somebody it's a Baratheon. Died. Oh, Robert had died due to his wounds to a boar a boar attack. And yeah, remember due that to happened. His wounds. Yeah, it said that right. due to his wounds. I saw it. I had died. it said Baratheon due to his wounds. And then Joffrey, you know, said, uh, and then what's his name tried to claim that Joffrey wasn't. Ned tried to claim that Joffrey wasn't the true king, and so he'd been murdered. Swear your fealty. So it's basically saying that Sansa was down with the Lannisters. And Arya saw, you know, what's his name kill her dad, and so it's really Littlefinger trying to foment dissent between right. the two. Right. And it's really, you know, Littlefinger thinking, and there's already, like you said, there's already that tension between them because they're two different people, and now Arya has become her own person and can just deal with anyone. 
So, you know, Sansa is a little bit scared of her, as she should be. And Littlefinger is starting to form, you know, that problem between them. And that really bugs me because I was already thinking that is Arya going to end up killing Sansa? Is that the queen she's going to kill? That's what I'm I'm con- I'm concerned about as well. Because she's all, you know, it's always these things where it's like people say, I'm here to kill the queen. But which queen do you end up killing? Was it? And mm-hmm. you also have to remember, too, that in the midst of all of this, um, when we start at Winterfell, Sansa's sitting at the table and the Northmen are giving her a hard time because John's not there. And everybody has a whole, whole heap of things to say. And mm-hmm. Sansa's being really political about it, which is the smart thing to do. She did it the right way. She did it the right way. I was like, but at the same time, she could have exerted her force and kind of been like, you know, you know, been more forceful in her defense of her king. And Ari remembers that Sansa's never really seen it for John. Sansa's never really seen it for her. So with Sansa as the Lady of Winterfell, like both her and John can end up on their ass or end up, you know, anywhere else because Sansa's true born, Sansa's older. And Sansa, once again, Sansa's never seen it for either of them. Sansa was horrible to John when she they was were horrible. at Winterfell. She but, was yeah. horrible to John because her mother was horrible to John. Right. But like Arya said, you know, you I know that you like nice things. I've, I've always noticed that about you. Like, remember when she even questioned, why are you in our parents' room? Mm-hmm. Why, are you she knows up, that, why are you setting she up knows shop that here? Sansa wants to be queen. So? She knows that Sansa wants power. She wants right. nice things. And so that's why she's like, oh, okay, you just like Cersei. So, you know, I'm that's already a good, got to, Yeah. That's a good And she point. knows that she's, you know, learned from Cersei and, you know, basically been through, like, I mean, worse things than even Cersei had. So she's. Right. So Arya has this thought in her head already. Then. Yep. Littlefinger is orchestrating further turmoil between the two. Yep. Do you think either of them are gonna like get like will it click with? Because they're both again, these are both very smart women. They gonna like click between them that yeah, this Littlefinger did. Littlefinger but, did. Him, him, he is not making out of this season. No, no, I think he's dead too. But yeah. just the fact that I also think the fact that like Arya, like I said, Arya's not stupid. Sansa's not stupid. And I believe, like I had said last last episode, I believe that they are also using using Littlefinger as much as they can within reason or within safety. Like, they know that he can't be trusted. They know he's a snake. At the same time, Arya missed a lot of stuff. Like, there's still stuff that Arya is just now finding out because, like, two episodes ago, she didn't even know half of these people were still alive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just curious to see how are Arya and Sansa going to, you know, either balance themselves out or are they going to end up enemies or what? Only time will tell, but Arya really is team squeeze first, ask questions last, so they need to sort it out quickly. <laughs> and I, I, I'm worried more. I mean, not worried. I just hope the writers are taking into account. Like, I hope that it's more than what we saw in this episode. I hope it's not just Arya walking into the room like, oh yeah, he left his note here. Do do do. Let me get the note. Just, oh, he doesn't, you know, know that I'm in here. Like, come on now. Again, it just Arya. seems. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think yeah. maybe this just could be playing further because it just seemed a little too convenient that this badass, this person who can who can essentially become Littlefinger if she wanted to, all of a sudden don't know how to sneak in a castle. Like, I just she went through all this training. You got all this, all these stats like your stats are all the way up you grinded through all these levels and now like <laughs> messing up now like it, something don't add up to me 
she got all the loot and can't do nothing with it. Right, like something, something's not adding up. So, I, I, there, as you said, there may be more to this. Yeah, but now the writers wanna... are get increasingly lazy with things like that because things happen. <laughs> I will go back to the sand snakes. Like that shit shouldn't have happened. They got lazy in their writing, and that's yep. how we got the sand snakes that we got. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they get lazy in their writing because Arya is female, and all oh. of a sudden. She knows Winterfell mm. better than anybody else. The only person who may know it better than her is Bran. And you mean to tell me she can't get in and out without being seen, without being noticed, without making a sound? Yeah. Like, how is without, she so clumsy now that Littlefinger can hear her and knows where she is? That's why I'm like, there's something not adding up. Yeah, lazy without writing. her noticing Littlefinger standing there. No, yeah, I, I don't think it's lazy writing. I pray, like... I know she is a woman, so I do understand that. That means she's going to get disrespected on this show. But I feel like they do give the Stark women a little bit more power than that. That's the few women I feel like on this show have been, you know, and like the mom was always dope, you know, then everybody else, Sansa. I mean, they've all been played out throughout their careers on the show. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I've given them a little more credit with them. So hopefully. Right. We can, we can only hope. So yeah, you got them to potentially beef. And then you have another set of siblings that are not on the same page. And that's Tyrion and Jamie. Oh, oh, well done there. Well done there. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> but they did seem to come to, you know, a bit of an understanding. It's more the sibling that's not on the page, same page is once again Cersei. Like, you know, she's not on the same page with either of them. Right. So you had Bronn setting up a secret meeting between uh, Tyrion and uh, Jaime. And Tyrion, like, I, I, let me say first again, from a cinematic directorial perspective, I love the way they staged the shots where you see Tyrion standing in front, um, kind of, you know, f- uh, forward from that skull of that previous dragon. And yep. you see him like sitting there pleading with Jamie, pleading with Jamie. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have Jamie just looking like defeated, <laughs> just looking like what, you know, what's happening. What, like he's, I just feel like the, the way they're positioning him is like, he don't really know what's about to happen next. He's not really sure where to go. I'm not, sh- again, I'm not so sure that he's just continuously f- following Cersei blindly. No, no, he's definitely not. And also I got to point out something else cinematically about that. They were. They always showed Tyrion in his full body standing up, and then they kept giving you close-ups of Jamie. So it really shows Tyrion as being the smaller guy, and then really showing you Jamie's like, you know, thought process and everything he's mm. going through in that scene. I, I thought that was. Re- I mean, Jamie has just been killing it as far as the actor playing him, just emotionally everything. Like <laughs> he's just doing it because, like we say, he's making you feel for a dude who is basically an evil bastard. Well, I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm not feeling like, <laughs> in earlier in earlier seasons I felt for Jamie this time around I'm like he about to go he about to roast sooner or later so mm-hmm. I don't know nah nah he, he I think Jamie's gonna outlive a lot of people on this show I was actually expecting more from the moment where Tyrion was like you know our father was gonna have me executed for a crime mm. he knew I didn't commit he knew I didn't kill Joffrey and I was expecting, you know, Jamie to at least acknowledge that because at this point he knows for a fact that it wasn't Tyrion because before he was giving Tyrion the benefit of the doubt, like you're my brother and I know that of all people you wouldn't lie to me because him and Tyrion had that relationship. Right. And now he has it. I'm like, and you know, you're you're trying to play, you know, badass general and for the sake of what, you know, your brother saying you're trying to relate to you, trying to save everybody's life. 
because you know for a fact right now, y'all can't win. <laughs> you can't win. You tried one dragon and your bitch ass scorpion didn't get the job done. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like Jamie kept, he said it twice to Cersei. He said, son, she has one that already flamed us and she has two more on the way. Like he said this twice to Cersei and Cersei was still, I don't give a fuck. Like she's still like full speed ahead. And at what point is like, like what's going to be, what's happening behind the scenes? Cause there is something going on behind the scenes where they're going to try to bind Cersei in some way. I don't think it's going to work out. Cersei's going to kill everybody before that happens. But since we are talking about Cersei, we got to talk about a little, well, a very big piece of knowledge she dropped on Jamie this episode, which I don't even know it to really be true. But Cersei- It's, it's a real lot of Maury going on in this episode. It's a lot of Maury. <laughs> Cersei implied to Jamie that she was pregnant. Okay. Um, is she still fertile? Mm. Can she still get pregnant? Because here's the thing. One, Cersei has abused the hell out of her body. Two, when they have when they were trying to broker that marriage between Marjorie and Joffrey and then simultaneously with Cersei and Loras, Lady Olena like made a crack that Cersei was no spring chicken and you know would she actually be able to produce an heir at her age? Because um when Robert Baratheon dies, at least in the book timeline, she's thirty two years old. So by now she has to be a smooth 40. She has, yeah, she, if, she has to be in her mid thirties, if not 40 by this time. So once again, is it still even possible? Because book Cersei by this time is a wreck. She's been drinking and humping her life away ever since like, <laughs> like Molly. <laughs> Seriously, she's been drinking and humping her life away. She's, she's been morphing into Robert book Cersei Morse mm. into Robert. She puts on weight. Um, she's always drunk. There's always somebody in her bed. Mm. And like by the time she takes her walk of shame, like she no longer looks like that queen that they were accustomed to. Like the people were jeering her. They were like, this is the queen? Like my tits are better than hers. Like what is this? <laughs> wow. That's just rude. I'm you, like you so much when you don't read the books. So, so Benha, Benha, do you think she's pregnant? Or is she oh, using no. that as a pawn, as as a playing card against uh, to keep Jamie on her side? Because you know Jamie's not gonna whatever thought Jamie had to potentially bind Cersei, he ain't gonna do nothing now. No, and I do think that she would use whatever she can to keep him on her side. So uh, is he? Nah, <laughs> I don't know. You don't know. It's okay. Yeah, you know, I gotta look into the magic eight ball, and it's like possibly, you know, but <laughs> it's plausible. So at this point, it's plausible. But but I but I don't put it past Cersei that she's just using this as a playing card. Oh no, definitely oh, yeah. not. Definitely. And, you know, that was one big reveal this episode. But the other big reveal, I mean, besides the White Walkers, of course, and everything else that went down was the return of the rower himself. Like, <laughs> I, I forgot his damn name for a second. And I've been waiting for him to come back. Gendry finally shows up and, you know, goes to work. You know, you were talking about leveling up earlier. And Gendry yeah. definitely leveled up from the last time we seen him. He'd been grinding that, you know, doing all that grinding it out on that damn row and you know definitely paid off in other attributes because he has definitely got his strength up and his warhammer usage all the way up because he wow. 
He looked like mm. like if Podrick was a Pokemon and could evolve. Like that's how that's what Genji looked like. like that's what I, I legitimately like, like. Was is that Podrick? Like I was like, no. That's a, that's a that's a grown ass man version of Podrick. That's what isn't it? Like it, yes. tell me, put them side. I'm telling you, who's ever listening to this now? Google it. Google them two right now. Put them pictures side by side and don't tell me that that ain't true. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you for a fact right here that it's. It is like the casting was good with that one, but I'm telling you, I look at him and I'm like, if Podrick was like, just grown, right? But Gendry definitely leveled up. He he had the middle ages Milner. He was clocking niggas upside the head with it. I thought it was fantastic, <laughs> sensational. <laughs> um, at least he can do. At least he can fight. I'm like Davos, who's like, I'm just gonna run, dog. I'm just letting you know now. Um, uh, you got you have him. So now he he's part of your party. He joined the party. Um, we got the hound who has joined the party. Appears. A wild hound appears. A wild hound appears. <laughs> um, you got what, Beric Dondari? You got uh, what, Fire Lord with the sword and shit? Thoris yep. of Mir. So you have a bunch of people who can't stand each other <laughs> with each other. Traveling into the north where they have to be close to each other and depend on each other. That's like... So when the seven of them walked out the door, I'm like, this is the dumbest shit ever. Like, y'all, this is not a good idea. This it's is seven? Not... It's seven of them. It's seven oh, of them. Oh, so it's like really a tribute to the Magnificent Seven and to Seven Samurai then. Probably, yep. Wow. Or, that's, or maybe that's well the done. Seven Gods. How about that? Or the Seven Gods of that too. Ah, there we go too. That would, that would be more fitting for the show, but it could be both. It could be a nod to everything, but... Yep. The seven of them are going to go out, presumably, after... Because you see on the... On the pre, you know, they, you see them... Well, I don't want to go jump ahead, but but we know that they're going to encounter this army in some way, and we are they really going to be able to take one back with them? And what's going to happen when they do? And who's going to care? All, all very legitimate questions, but like you said, before we step ahead, we did have you know some other. I mean, Dendry meeting Jon Snow, I thought was just a very momentous moment, and yeah. also we had Davos with one of his other great lines from the episode. The what is it? Nothing fucks you harder than time. Okay. Like, yes. I mean, that was that was a deep like line. Yeah, I've had, I mean, I've had some great sex in my life, but that you know that pretty much really, <laughs> really, really you know hit it on the nail on the head right Did there. Did you need fermented crab while you were having sex? That <laughs> no, was, that was slick though. That I'm, was I'm slick. gonna I'm gonna have to try some of that though. <laughs> that was slick how he tried to get out of it, but you know that you know at the at the end of the day, I was like, look, you just gonna have to off these motherfuckers and just yeah. keep it moving. And you got to show Gendry leveling up with that warhammer. Like you can't let him like not his daddy. That joint. Who like, like his, his daddy. daddy? Just like his daddy. Like, like his daddy. <laughs> just like daddy. Yep. You know, shouts to Pac. And um, yeah, I thought that meeting was just great. I just loved you know their meeting because it was like, yo, I've heard of, I've met your dad. Yo, I met your dad. Yeah, I heard a lot about us, you know, your dads. I heard a lot about our dads, too. I heard I like they kept a lot of ass. pledge into a fraternity or something. <laughs> Why is that all right, y'all? Y'all love All it right. was missing was, like, the when the Arnold Schwarzenegger meets, um... Uh, damn it, I'm just gonna call him Apollo Creed. When he meets the Predator, <laughs> and they give the handshake, you know, the power <laughs> handshake. Yes. Carl Weathers. When he meets Carl Weathers, when Arnold Schwarzenegger meets Carl Weathers and Predator, and they give each other the power handshake, you know, and it zooms in on their hand. That's what Jon Snow and Gendry yeah. needed right there. I just really like how Gendry showed up and was like, look, man, I'm Robert Baratheon's son. What up? Like, he just, forget all of the secretive stuff. He just went into it and said, look, I am who I am, and that's all that I am, and what up? <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get it on. Like, yeah. 
it was also with the hound and everything that I just love that meeting because it reminded me of the Dark Tower when everyone was just like blah blah blah. But it's like they all seem to have come together for a purpose. Like that point keeps coming up. Right. Uh, I think the purpose is to be a couple of them getting off though. <laughs> yeah, who makes it back from that trip is going to be because you know everybody's not making it back. Oh no, no way, no way, no how, no. Yeah, I think oh, even on, in the previews, there's a shot of you know less than seven coming back. Well, yeah. Well, but let's bounce back to when Tormund was at the table with John, and he was like, "How many men did you bring?" And he just kind of looks at Gendry and <laughs> and, uh, and then and the Tormund was like. The big woman? And also, <laughs> he loved him some Brianna, man. Always and forever. He's like, so uh, you bring your girlfriend with you? You bring your friend with you? <laughs> she come to the club too? No, Tormund, not this time. No, no. Oh, and it's like, he stayed, I mean, the whole season, he is just dying played, you know, left to right by her. But I'm sure, you know, in the last season, there's going to have to be some resolvement where he gets at least a hug, something, some time of, of acknowledgement. Because man, I mean, that will require her. for her to to let go of Jamie, and I don't think she's uh, there yet. This is quite true. Yo, before we go, thank you everyone for listening to the podcast. We've gotten such great feedback from everyone all over the internet, especially from folks who've been listening to us on Stitcher. We found out we were one of the top 10 Game of Thrones related podcasts and the blackest in all the realms. So you got to celebrate that. But for sure, thank you so much for listening to us. We're glad that you guys are enjoying us. But we need you to do one thing for us. If you are really, really enjoying us, definitely make sure that you're subscribed to us. But also, make sure that you're leaving comments on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you're hearing this. Leave comments and rate us because we need your support. Mm-hmm. And we also know that since there's only seven episodes this season, next episode is six. And in this, you know, usually the episode before the penultimate episode of Game of Thrones is always when they spend the money. And they've already been spending a lot of money this episode. But, you know, we, yeah, but I mean, this whole season, you know, has obviously been a lot of money. But next episode is probably going to be the big dog episode of the season. And then the seventh episode is where they wrap it all up and get you ready for the final season. So basically get ready, you know. Do you think it's going to be more exciting than, I don't know, the dragon burning up everybody? Uh, all right, Deb. Like- that begs the question: What is your favorite battle so far from the whole se- uh, yeah, the whole series? Hmm. Hon- I, 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 hmm. <laughs> Honestly, no. It has to. It has to be drunk. It has to be like. But I just from Jump Street, you always knew this. This show was about fantasy, and I didn't know anything about. It. I never read the books, but then you know I did understand that there's maybe dragons involved. There may be this all this type of fantasy slash middle middle ages type stuff, medieval type stuff. Like, and one thing that always pops up in my mind is dragons, dragons, dragons. So I was always concerned with seeing something go down with them, and we never really saw anything to this level. We never saw anything to this level until you know to to, to how this season really just opened and. That had to be the most fulfilling of all the battles, I would think. Okay, Diva. It's really easy to pick um, the loot train battle. It, it really is because Drogon is a magnificent creature, and I do love myself a dragon. Um, but I kind of want to give it to Hard Home when John first sees the Night King, 
And mm. I almost want to, I almost want to hold off until next week and kind of see what we deal with next week with regard to the White Walkers and the Night King yeah. to kind of determine, you know, which is the better battle. But, yeah. you know, what was it? The loot train will always be number two, but I really, I really did enjoy at least like, cause it's that, that pivotal moment where you're like, okay, all this shit is real. Right. Yeah. Like we knew from jump, like everybody kind of knew that the dragons were real, even though they hadn't seen them. Like, they had gotten enough intelligence reports. So seeing them burn through something, you know, was just icing on the cake because we knew that they already existed. But up until that point, no one really acknowledged or believed that the White Walkers were real until, you know, you have your Lord Commander see them and say, okay, we're fucked. True. What about yep. you, Ben? All right. Well, I also agree with Diva. I was thinking for a second while y'all were talking and Hard Home definitely popped up in my head because like you said, it just was so much, you know, that was finally resolved and also because it was so tense, you know, you didn't know how that was going to end and you got to see how powerful the white, I mean, the white walkers and the night King actually are, but I got to go for cinematic and cinematography and for directing and for everything, the battle of the bastards, because that shit right there is just so well directed, so well shot. The first time I saw it, the tension I had for Snow when he's getting crushed up by the people, when those motherfuckers are crunching in on them and doing that, who, you know, who? That's what I mean. As far as Battle of the Bastards, cinematography, everything, just the tension in it. Mm-hmm. And then to finally see Ramsey, you know, take that L, that what it was finally, that <laughs> was to me, as, as much as I love those dragons. And I was so happy to see Drogon, you know, happy and surviving this episode and all good and not poisoned. Shout out to everybody who was tweeting Castle Blad telling us he was poisoned. That ain't happened. You know, he chilling. He good. So I was happy to see that. But still, like I said, the Battle of the Bastards is still that one for me that just is. But then again, you're right, yo, that just that one shot of Drogon rolling down and burning up everything. And I mean, one word, Pompeii. Yes. Pompeii. Yes. People were ash statues. There's yes. nothing there's nothing to me that compared to seeing that finally happen. And I don't care that they blew the whole effects budget. It happened. <laughs> <laughs> but they haven't because like we've seen next week, we're going to really see once again the Night King going to work. And there's something that has the whole crew, the Magnificent Seven, running and people mm. have always had these rumors of the Night King having an ice dragon. Oh, oh my seen, God. We've already seen that he has the ice giants. Right, yeah, they were scared. Yes. Well, so. like, this is, again, this seems like some harebrained refined. <laughs> he works. This is power. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's power and Legends of Tomorrow level of logic right now. It's so ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> 